0: you're listening to episode number 16 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. Are you ready for a little psychotherapy session? Get on that couch, make yourself comfortable because it's going to be a good one.
1: Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host, Jason Lavoie.
0: Welcome to yet another episode, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. We have a great guest. I know I feel like I say this all the time, but seriously, everybody, this is a great guest we have for you today. We're going to take a little deep dive and get involved with some psychotherapy, if you can believe that. I'm sure you can believe that. So I want to introduce to you Jamie Bronstein. For the past 18 years, Jamie, also known as the relationship expert, has been guiding people as they navigate their way through the dating and relationship world. Now, she uses a unique approach to helping people manifest love, but not just any love, the right love, right? Because after all, we want to find the right person to be happy with. If you're listening to this, you're probably with the wrong person. So... Jamie works with people. She works with couples, individuals who are going through breakups or divorces. She focuses on teaching clients how to unconditionally love themselves, how to be vulnerable, tap into their inner strength, and live more authentically in order to achieve their relationship goals. When working with Jamie, her clients get an automatic feeling of peace, comfort, Uh, while sensing her positive attitude and zest for life. She has a master's degree in social work from NYU, a BA in psychology from Boston University, and she is just awesome. And we're going to talk and get right into it right now. So without further ado, let me introduce to you Jamie Bronstein. Jamie, how are you? And welcome to the show.
1: I'm good. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Uh, It's a pleasure. I'm so excited to have you on. Uh, I know we've been uh, scheduling you here for quite a little bit and now the time has come so you're a relationship coach tell everybody a little bit about well actually I'm curious how, what made you decide what was the defining moment that you said you know what I think I'm going to become uh, a therapist and a relationship coach coach
1: it's pretty much uh, they were the first words that I said when I popped out into this world oh wow well, that's fascinating um, <laughs> But really it's that um, – so I decided to go to graduate school after I was a psychology major in college, and I just kind of started practicing social work, therapy, psychotherapy, and I found that I was always drawn the most to my clients that were talking about their relationships. Like not that I, I care about all my clients, absolutely, and my heart is in you know in the session with all my clients – but it was that feeling like um, – it was like that passion that I was just so just drawn to the topics that they were bringing up. And so after about maybe 12-ish years, 13, 14, I don't remember exactly, um, I decided, you know what, this is going to be my brand. Like th- these are the clients. These are the people that I want to be brought forward to me.
0: Gotcha. You know, it's funny. I, um, I'll share a little, a little tidbit about myself when I was in college – I minored in psych and I was going to major in psych, but it was those darn statistics courses. And I I just, I'm not wired like that. And I I couldn't do it. And you had to take not one, but two, like an advanced statistics course. And if you minored, you didn't have to take any. So that's why I minored.
1: Okay. I am not a fan of math. We do not get along, No, but somehow I got through those classes. um, And obviously, you know, you had the passion for law. I have the passion for psychology. So I made it happen. Yeah. No, I
0: would have been a, if I wasn't an attorney, I would be a a therapist, I think, you know, with the uh, stereotypical office and the couch.
1: (laughs) Well, but you, it sounds like you've, you've married, no pun intended or pun intended. You've married the two professions together.
0: Uh, Yeah. That, you know, that's a good point. I, um, there's a lot of psychology in, in, in law and, and dealing with divorce, so I guess I'm making the best of both worlds.
1: Yeah, and now aren't you, you're like a, a coach for people getting divorced.
0: That's right. That's right. Um, I just don't have the couch. I have the virtual couch.
1: Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that, that's true. Well, I'll, I'll send you a couch.
0: Oh well, thank you very much. Hi, um, so let's so let's get right into it here. Let's talk about um, how you deal with people who are dealing with divorce. Um, and I guess we can go about this a couple of different ways. When are there clients of yours that you deal with who are still married and, you know, there are definitely some issues going on and maybe they're thinking about divorce or maybe they, you know, the word divorce hasn't even come up yet, but it's kind of, you know, uh, marinating there in the background and you help them, you know, bring it out. How does it, how does it work with your clients?
1: Yeah. So as you're talking, I'm just thinking about all these different scenarios and which one to talk about. But first I'll just talk in general that I really just help them go inside and use their intuition about, you know, what do they really want? Um, Because I feel like people go through life when they're struggling with a decision and it's like all consuming And until they get to that point where they, you know, they have that clarity and they say, yes, now I know, it can be really draining and stressful. So I help them kind of go through that process as easily as possible and just really have them tap into their own inner knowing about what is truly going to make them happy. And then once they decide whether they want to stay in the marriage or move on, then, I mean, the work gets so much richer, you know, because then we know – where we're going and and what to do. Um, I'm sorry, go on.
0: No, no, not at all. Finish what you were saying.
1: Oh, no, I was just thinking about this particular client who literally is, she's still married, but like the divorce, she, she knows she wants to get a divorce, but it's dragging on, dragging on, dragging on. And this guy that she's dating is saying to her, I'm not going to take you seriously until you get the divorce, and she has, um, she's, you know, and I explained that to her, but she still is not actually completing the divorce. So there's all different types of situations.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a, um, I've heard that story before, <laughs> you know? um, where you know they're still married and they're, they know what they want to do in the long term, and they've already started this relationship, which, you know, in your view, is that is that something that's healthy to do?
1: You know, what? I don't judge. And I feel like unless you're in the situation, you don't know what you would do. However, and I also don't believe there's like the, there's a right or wrong in anything. Right. Um, but I'd say like the healthiest thing to do is to have a clean slate, you know, finish the, complete the divorce and then move on. There's nothing wrong with talking, to somebody, you know, but really like dating, 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 ideally you would wait.
0: And I don't know how you, I don't know how you, uh, you know, from a practical standpoint, how how you make that happen without your, your husband or your spouse finding out, you know? I,
1: oh, this, I'm not a fan of doing anything behind anybody's back. This I'm talking about in the situation where you are separated and you're both like allowed to be dating, let's say.
0: I gotcha. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Okay.
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, there's all different types, right?
1: I'm not condoning affairs. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like you said, we don't judge.
1: (laughs) And I, at the same time, I do not judge anybody who's had, who's had an affair. I know people, family, friends, clients, people that have done it, let's say. And I still do not judge because everybody, you know, it's their own life and it's, they're doing the best. Everybody's doing the best that they can. Um, However, that's not what I was saying. I wasn't condoning that.
0: No, no, I, I, I'm definitely following you. And I just wasn't, I I thought you were talking about this client who was still, you know, in the same house and everything and, and.
1: Oh, no, they've separated and they, you know, living their own lives, but it's like more of like the actual paperwork hasn't been completed.
0: Yeah. So it's the, um, it's the fine print of it, you know, like what I kind of call it. Um, and, and so let's just take, I I like this. Let's just take this client. What's her name? No. (laughs) Um, but let's use her as a little bit of an example here. Why, if you can share this, why, what is the, the holdup for her, you know, as far as instituting the official divorce process?
1: I don't know if she's the best example of like an emotional reason. Cause she claims it's really just because of money um, that she okay. wants to, you know, start earning more money and she doesn't even have the money to pay for the lawyer and things like that. Um, but in general i think that people it's like they don't want to cut the cord, you know? they're it's like they're ready but they're not really ready.
0: <laughs> is it that is it that they're intimidated or they just don't want to deal?
1: I think yeah, i think it seems that it can be so daunting the process and it could be, you know, emotionally daunting and financially daunting and People get comfortable and they just don't want to, yeah, they don't want to deal with that huge change. But at the same time, what I help people with is I say, you know what, I like I can see the other side of this and you're going to feel freer, you're going to feel lighter. So it's just kind of just as much as you can, like jump in, bite the bullet. That's after they are clear, clear, clear that they truly do want to move on you
0: know yeah i find that from a from an attorney's perspective the biggest you know one of the biggest issues in making a decision to get divorced is like the financial aspect especially because if you're going from one home to two and how who's going to pay for that but like in in this client's um situation when they're already living separately i don't know how the finances are working but if it if that's already kind of in place and something's working then all the rest to me would be kind of easier to deal with in, in the divorce and yeah. that that's the big shift is is living separately getting used to that you know and um you know once that's in place everything else is like all right you know it, it just kind of falls together
1: yeah and i think with her specific situation it's more that her husband probably gives her a certain amount of money and the two kids, a certain amount of money, and, you know, obviously the kids will still get money, but it's that extra income, you know, or that extra money would be less after they get a divorce. I guess so potentially. she's trying to, like, yeah. figure out how to maybe earn more money now on her own.
0: Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, we, we won't get to, to, uh,
1: <laughs> let's get her on the line. Yeah.
0: Right. Let's call her up.
1: <laughs> we can ask her more details.
0: She'll be listening to this and be like, wow, this sounds really familiar. <laughs> uh.
1: It's all good. No <laughs> names. I can be talking about anybody and my clients are all very laid back and just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people that I don't, they've all, you know, given me permission to, if I need to talk about them without any specifics of names, it's okay.
0: Yeah, no, that's, but that's the best, you know, way to relate to others is, is through these kind of stories that, the, you know, people out there are like, well, that's kind of like me too. Um,
1: absolutely. Relatability. Yes.
0: Yeah. So thank you for sharing that, all that. So, so let's talk, you know, more generally, I guess. And, you know, when people come to you and they're thinking about divorce and, or the marriage is breaking down, what, what are some of the factors that you counsel them on that they should be considering.
1: I would say, well, like I said before, you know, really the first thing is to take care of the emotional life, you know, your spiritual, your emotional life to, to make sure that you are truly, truly ready. Once you've done that, it's obviously a lot of the logistics, which once again, people don't really want to make that shift because it's, it just seems so daunting. Who's going to live where, how is it going to work? Um, and then it's also like if, if kids are involved, you know, how are you going to talk to them? How are you going to tell them? And it, I think it's a, dep- it definitely depends on the age. But let's say if they're five and younger, I'd say they're going to be a lot more resilient. And I believe kids—we don't give them enough credit. Like kids are incredibly resilient in yeah. general. People are incredibly resilient. Right. But I'd say like five and under. They, you know, with their memory and everything from their childhood, they, and also they've only been in this world for five years or three or two, one, you know, that it's, it, I'd say an easier transition, mm-hmm. um, but I'd say maybe five and older, it's more of taking more time to really talk to them and really let them talk to you. And then, you know, perhaps, I mean, I always recommend going, getting them into some kind of therapy so that they have a very, very safe place to talk about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so important that the kids have their own professional objective outlet to kind of work through everything that they're going to have to work through. Now, do you work with children in that capacity or not really?
1: I would say that I work with families. I don't necessarily, like parents wouldn't necessarily send their kids just to me. I would refer kids to like a child therapist right um but if the parents or the parent one of them is my client then I would work with them with the kid or the children. okay
0: and you mentioned before you know a lot of the emotional work that you have to kind of go through uh when you're contemplating divorce talk a little yeah. bit about what's involved with that
1: yeah so while you're contemplating it's it's about kind of checking in with your heart, which sounds cheesy, but it's actually really deep. Um, it's more checking in with, with your authentic self, who you really are, where you are in life, how you've grown, and are you, are you truly ready and are you strong enough? Do you feel that strength inside to move on? And if you're not, then we, we do the work. We do that inner work which is essential to do if you're going to be out there again also, which is truly getting past the barriers that are preventing you from accessing your true authentic self and your inner strength and your empowerment. And it doesn't happen overnight, but yet it doesn't take forever. I mean, it, this this can happen over the course of a few weeks, a few months. Um, but I, it really helps when the client is open, vulnerable, honest, and raw and really wants to do that work and we do a lot of resolving our unresolved issues, which seem, all of this seems very heavy, but the way that I do it is actually kind of fun, which sounds (laughs) sounds funny, but it actually, you know, people think of therapy as being so heavy and dark and, or just, you know, but I, I help people bring a lightness to it, a, a lightheartedness, even humor, when we go through, you know, because you have to go back sometimes and, you know, talk about these conditioned stories, that these limiting beliefs that you've had, and I just help people truly go back and change their stories and change their limiting beliefs and really gain the strength that they need to move on.
0: Yeah, that's great. I, I do the same thing with, you know, divorce being such a heavy and negative and depressing topic that, you know, when... When I feel it's appropriate, um, and I get it right most of the time, but you know, I like to add a little bit of levity in there, um, because at the end of the day, you know, if we can't laugh at life and ourselves, then what's the point, right?
1: Absolutely. A sense of humor is essential or it's just so beneficial and actually getting back to that client from that I was talking about before.
0: Yes. Let's get back to her. What was her name again?
1: (laughs) It's Jessica. It's so not Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We were having a session yesterday and I literally was I was saying the same thing because she was so in it and I said You know just what if you could it's called I call it the observing ego What if you could just look at your life? Like look up above kind of from above down at your life and all these players that are characters in this play like if your life is a play a story and you know, I think if you could look at it that way, just be like, is this really happening? Seriously, is this really? Like, I'm seriously going through this? And then you just can have more of a sense of humor about whatever the situation Like, she particularly was talking about how, you know, this guy was making her a little crazy and she's just, she she's stalking his dating site to see if he's dating a blah, blah, blah. And, and she doesn't know what he wants and he's not really telling her, blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking first of all, let's just try to relax and then let's just have a good laugh because ultimately the answer that she's looking for of if she's going to be together with this new guy or not is already planned out. So if we could go through this process, this, she, you know, if she can go on this journey a little with more of a lightness and a sense of humor and like a lack of, um, not that need to control because control is just, yeah, it's a figment of our imagination anyway.
0: Oh, what do you mean by that? (laughs) (laughs) That I'm intrigued now.
1: Well, we think we think as humans that we have control over ourselves, over other things, but it really is there. Really, is no such thing as control because things are going to play out the way that they're meant to play out, regardless of anything. That's what I believe. So when we spend so much time wrapped up in the trying to control things and the outcome, it's so much better just to have a non-attachment to the outcome because the outcome is going to be the outcome.
0: So okay, that's really interesting. So do you believe that like everything is predestined?
1: I thing? do. I do. Not okay. everybody, you know, not everybody does, but I absolutely 100% do and it's because I have personal experience with that. Seeing my clients, seeing friends, family, hearing millions and trillions of stories—it happens every day. Where it's just proof, 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 proof.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. Like I'm on the fence with that. I, in one sense, you know, I think, right, preparation is the key to success. But you, no matter how much you prepare or try to go down a certain road, like where where everybody's going to be five years from now is not where you think you're going to be whether it's going to be better or worse it's just you know you might get to the destination eventually that you want to get to but the way you're going to get there it's just we all we all have no idea and yeah. but but if you're thinking that everything is predestined then does that mean according to, to your beliefs that like we could do anything we could act any way and in the end it doesn't matter because what's going to happen is going to happen
1: Yes and no. um I, I just wanted to say something also about what we were talking about. There's a reason why there's that cliche or that phrase, "You plan and God lasts. laughs." because yeah. like you were just saying, you can prepare, 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 and you still might not get an A plus on that test, or you still might not get that dream job because the universe has might have a plan B for you, like if you don't get your dream job. But then a week later, this other job comes up that makes you ecstatic that you wouldn't have known about if you got this or like with people, you want this, you focus on getting this one person, you got to date this person, you got to marry this person. And, and you think that that's it. This person is the perfect person for me. And then it doesn't work out. But then person B or C or Z, it comes along and you're like, wow, I get it. This was meant to be. Um, but to answer your question, I'm not, I'm definitely not saying like go and like become a burglar, right. or, like go and like <laughs> rob <laughs> a bank. I always think of that. No, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying like act with integrity always. And things just always work out. All
0: right. For everybody listening, we are joking.
1: <laughs> Don't we, go rob a bank.
0: Right. We are not advocating chaos <laughs> no. <laughs> or anarchy. <laughs>
1: No, not but, at all.
0: But it, it, it makes you wonder, like, you know, and, and especially like when people are going through a divorce and they get so fixated. And like you said, that kind of stuck in the moment or of what's going on and the drama of what's going on that, you know, I always try to bring it back out. And I think it's kind of, you know, akin to what you were saying is like, you know, stepping back. It's, you know, you got to look at the big picture, right? This is going to end at some point. And You know, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be six months or a year from now, but eventually it's going to end and you're going to have a life after divorce. And you got to work towards that and start framing what you want that to look like.
1: Yeah. And it's trusting, you know, just trusting that everything is going to unfold and just be beautiful. You know, if if your intention is, I'm 100% sure this is not the right marriage for me like this it doesn't feel right then just trust as you're on that journey that on the other side it's just going to be beautiful
0: do you work with people to figure that out to make that decision you know that the marriage is not you know reconcilable or salvageable and if so how do you work with people to come to that answer like what are some of the exercises that you do
1: Well, if I'm working with, first of all, I look at myself as a detective sometimes and I tell my clients that if a couple comes in and, and together, you know, I, I kind of do my own like intuitive work with just being in the room with them and their energy and kind of um, make my own assumptions or make my own like do I think that they this person does want to be in it? this person doesn't want to be in it? Do they both really want to be in it? Do they both not? Um, but I allowed them to get there on their own. I would never be like after one session, this is what I've seen like you want to be in it, you don't or you both do. you know I wouldn't say that I let them go on their journey. I guide them right. um, but just to, to answer your question how do i how do I guide them? How do I help them get to that point?
0: yeah, like, what are some of the exercises you would you would do with them if that's how it works that you know, kind of get them down that road to to get to the you know answer?
1: It's more about i I listen to how they talk about the relationship, and it honestly, it really helps the most when I see them individually. Because that's when they're the most honest with themselves, with me. Right. And just through conversation and what they're saying, you know, if they say, well, we fight all the time and I'm not happy. I just ask them questions and they say, "Um, you know, like, do you, A, did you imagine your marriage to be like this when you were a little girl, a little boy, you know? And B, do you want to live the rest of your life like this? you know, um, because people get comfortable and they, you know, they think, okay, well, maybe this is what marriage is supposed to be like. Um, Because they don't know, you know, and so I just hope to inspire them to let them know that there is such a thing as true soul connections, true love, true authentic love, where when you are in that type of relationship, everything changes, like your life is, I'm not saying your life is perfect. I'm just saying that you have that additional joy in your heart and your peace in your heart you feel at home every day so i'm actually working on a documentary where that is the purpose of it oh nice (laughs) yeah to teach to inspire people um and my book that i'm writing is ideally going to do the same thing Um, but that's really what it is it's i use my intuition to help them use their intuition. Um, I believe that we all have our own answers inside. We all have the inner resources that we need to figure anything and everything out. We have our answers. So I'm really just a facilitator and a guide to help them get to whatever place they need to get to, to access whatever place inside they need to access.
0: And is there a point that your clients will have that aha, aha moment and say, Jamie, you know, like it hit me and I'm going to either get divorced or, or stay in the marriage or are there times where you give them your opinion as far as what they should do.
1: No, I, w- I would not give them my opinion. Okay. Because Yeah. Cause like I said, um, I'm really just, cause what I would do isn't necessarily what they would do. You know, right. I'm not, I am not them. You know, I could look at, a situation on paper or, you know, in person and, and think, well, if I were in that situation, but that doesn't matter because we all need to just trust our own souls and our own hearts. So no, I wouldn't tell them what I think that they should do.
0: Now you brought up a, a interesting point that I've talked with other guests about, and I want to ask you the same question because you mentioned, you know, okay, so, you know, what, when you got married, what did you envision your life was going to be like? And, you know, are you living that life that you once envisioned or you wanted now? And then you said, which I'm glad you said, right. Nobody, nobody's life is quote perfect. Right. And in every relationship and marriage, there are times of conflict. So how do you view from a relationship coach perspective? How do you, how do you view conflict and is all conflict bad? Or is there some good conflict?
1: Okay. Love the question. Conflict is not bad. It depends on the, the mode, the way that you are communicating during that conflict. If there's, first of all, I'm not a fan of yelling. I don't believe in yelling at all because when one person is yelling, the other person is not listening. So it's pointless. Um, but I believe in conscious communication, you know, truly, Listening to each other. And even if the other person doesn't fully understand your point necessarily, or even how you're feeling at least to validate, to feel validated and to validate. So it depends. You can have conflict and conflict is healthy, you know, cause that's how you learn and your relationship grows. Right. Um, and then the opposite of that is conflict that is not healthy is like I said, when people are just yelling or berating judging, name calling. You know, I believe that conflict can be done with love. You know, and I believe also at the beginning of any fight, let's say, or discussion to start with, you know, I love you. My intention, and this is if, you know, couples really do want to work it out. My intention (laughs) is to have a loving, peaceful relationship with you. And let's try to figure this out together. And also people like conflicts, it all comes from unresolved issues. People get triggered by people it's not it's never about the other person. it's about what you personally need to work on what you're struggling with, or else you wouldn't be triggered by the other person
0: right right i'm so glad I'm so glad you said that because those are similar responses that i've gotten from other people, and it just reinforces you know that notion that conflict in, you know in and of itself is is not necessarily a bad thing in fact it helps relationships grow and and get tighter it's 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 not the conflict that's bad it's how you deal with that conflict
1: exactly
0: unless there's you know physical abuse or or you know other types of you know things that would fall under the abuse category but um what you and I are talking about you know just normal relationship conflict it's it's that how you deal with it that is important
1: yeah. And you know, like like I said, berating before, if you're name calling it that I mean, it's just it's not kind. Like who wants to live with a bully for the rest of their life, you know?
0: And it's so the uh, the whole name calling thing is so uh, like high schoolish, <laughs> you know?
1: It is, yeah. Like I have I have a client who was reporting a story about his brother's relationship with his brothers with his sister in law and just saying, you know, cause he wants them to come and see me and, or at least one of them. And he wants his sister-in-law to come and see me. And, you know, he was saying that, sh- that the, his brother is just, you know, you're stupid. You're and Oh God, you know, it's just, it's not kind. That says to me that the brother truly has some unresolved issues and insecurities that he needs to work on. He's angry and, you know, he's just not happy. So he needs to make somebody else feel bad, and yeah, seventh grade.
0: Yeah, so that's actually a good um, transition. It brings up another point I might as well ask you about, and um, I mean, this is great. I don't know how this is going to sound when it gets produced and everybody's listening because we might be going all over the place. But like, it's it's good. So I just want to follow it. You, um, if if you're dealing with somebody on an individual level who is dealing with, you know, let's call it a you know, him or her a bully and you're somebody who's kind of, you know, they'll name call and that's how they deal with their conflict. Um, how do you counsel somebody or coach them to, to deal with somebody like that?
1: Well, first we go through that whole situation and journey I was explaining before that it's really about empowering that client. You know, first actually having them see this isn't right. Like you don't deserve this. Nobody deserves this treatment. And you know, then it's it's empowering them. If it's helping them get to their inner strength, it's helping them unconditionally love themselves, so that somebody else can unconditionally love them. Because somebody who would who would go through that abuse and stay in it is not truly loving themselves. And I, from the bottom of my heart, passionately with compassion and passion, I just want these clients I want everybody to my goal in life is, is for, for myself to unconditionally love myself and for everybody to unconditionally love themselves because that is the key to everything
0: yeah I almost um I kind of try to live by the mantra you can't love others until you love yourself right
1: yeah and you know what people like when I was dating a long time ago I, I heard I used to hear that like and I'm like whatever you know but with with the work that i've done with the studies with with the clients i've worked with just it is there's nothing truer in this world that unconditional love self-love is the most important thing in the world
0: i almost analogize it to um i don't know if this makes sense or not but i'll say it anyway like to you probably heard this like if you're in an airplane and you're sitting next to uh, a child, your child, and you know, God forbid, something happens on the plane, and you need the air mask. Like you got to put the air mask on yourself first before you put it on your child.
1: Absolutely, yeah. We have to take care of ourselves and love ourselves before anything else. And of course, you can have a relationship, you can be a a parent, but are you going to be the best person? Are you going to be, you know, at, at your highest level of functioning?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's um, let's transition a little bit to you know they've decided the divorce is best for them. They're going through the process. Maybe the process is over now. Do you deal with people who are now trying to put together or create their life after divorce and and what are some of the you know the the obstacles that you have to work through?
1: I really think that well, one of the biggest obstacles would be the logistics, you know, because people just, they get really stressed out about, and understandably, you know, about how everything is going to look, the schedules, you know, if there's kids involved, like when you have them, when I have them, where are we living, where, where are the kids going to school, um, the financial aspects, Um But then once again, just the emotional aspects of moving on, it's really about, I'd say, like kind of re-getting to know yourself, maybe getting to know yourself, maybe meeting yourself for the first time, your true self, you know, and so that you can get out there again and show up as your true self. So it's just – it's a lot of inner work.
0: Right, and that's kind of what I was getting at. Like how do you know – when you're ready for that next relationship you know versus you know getting involved in like a rebound
1: yeah and so many times i mean i did this five thousand million years ago and we've all done this oh i'm totally ready i'm ready oh i'm ready now like after each relationship but the thing is is that if you don't resolve your unresolved issues from each relationship you have then you're just going to do the same thing you know and time after time friends clients family they, they come to me and they're like, I don't understand. It's, it's not where it didn't work again. You know, I'm like, have you done the work? Did you change up anything? You know, right? do you love yourself? No, you know, and you know, people don't see the importance of that. So definitely you need to truly, truly figure out what wasn't working before and then change it up, you know, um, So the question, how do you, how does one know when they're ready? They'll just know it's, it's this inner strength. It's this solidness. It's this walking around the world and seeing things differently and just saying, you know, saying to the world, like, this is who I am, loving who you are. And then it just naturally attracts, it's the law of attraction. You will exude out of you this light and this love and you will just attract people that will authentically see you for who you are. So you can authentically see them for who they are.
0: Do you find that there's a certain range, like a you know maybe three months, eight months? Like what? What's a typical timeline for you know it, how long it takes to put in that work?
1: It depends on how invested the client is. If a client comes in and they truly want to do the work, I mean, within six months, sometimes six weeks. You know, it totally depends on the person. Um, it doesn't take six months to get to that point where you love yourself. That's not my point. I'm right. saying within six months, if you're ready, you might walk down the street and meet Joe or Judy, you know? Um. But yeah, if they're like, if someone is truly willing and wanting to do that self-discovery, which is the best gift you can give yourself, then I mean, even within a month, they, will be a completely different person. And then they just kind of keep adding, you know, adding on and adding on and involving, evolving, evolving.
0: Right. Right. I, and I think that's, um, that's so important, especially if you want to have the best, you know, the best life after divorce uh, that you can is, is that you want to make sure you put yourself in position that you're, you're healthy and you're ready and you got all your ducks in a row.
1: Yeah. I mean, we have one life to live. Like let's, Let's live the best life we can and be the happiest we can, and you know the most enjoying in, in and in love.
0: Yeah, I always tell people, you know, you we hear the phrase "life is short," um, you know, which is true. But if you're in a bad situation or you're unhappy, life can be really long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, the day. Oh yeah, when you're sad, the days go by really, really slowly. And then when you're in the flow of life it's, it's so true. Life goes by so fast. Yeah,
0: it, it, it really is true. So maybe that's a good sign too. Would you agree that that's a good sign that you're in a good place if like time flies?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. When you are in the flow. Yeah. If you find that's good. But if you find <laughs> that you're going through life, you're like starting to date again, like things are better with your kids, your ex, blah, blah, blah. Like you are just in a really good place. And all of a sudden it's Friday when it was just Monday. Yeah. You're enjoying your job.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> that's <a> good <laughs> uh, But
1: I have to say, like, even if I believe you can be in the flow and be in total peace and joy and love, even if you don't like your job because you can kind of rise above it somehow, mm-hmm. you know, with the intention of maybe ultimately getting a job that you like.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, like, the, like our jobs um, take up so much time you know some uh, so much part of our 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 day and our in our lives and for most people who go to an office every day like you spend more time at the job than you do with your family because um, you're sleeping the rest of the time you know for the most part it it's you really want that to be healthy and and, and happy, but like that you can work on it's the interpersonal relationships that will can that, that can help you get through a bad job experience.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, having having a job that you enjoy is is important. But even if it's not realistic at this moment, it's yeah, working on the relationships at work. I actually did a webinar from Boston University last year. I think it was called like ten ways to have healthy relationships at work.
0: Yeah, no, that's <laughs> so great. Is, is that something that's um, available? Like you, we can watch? If you sent a link or something?
1: Yes, um, I can absolutely send that link out to your people. Um I can send it to you and you can share it with your people. Absolutely. Yeah
0: I'll put it in the show notes to the uh podcast here. Awesome. And what else was I gonna say? I um I totally just lost my my train of thought. It happens. All right. I guess it must not have been that good. But
1: <laughs> it's all of your trains of thoughts are amazing. It just you know what you weren't supposed to say it. For whatever to, whatever reason. And if you think about it let me know.
0: I will. I will. We'll, we'll get back on. We'll, we'll re-record that that little segment there. <laughs> it's a, it, it, it for now. It's lost in the uh, in the space of time.
1: Okay, but also um, you're human, and you know I have mommy brain all the time. Like we're all human. We don't remember everything all the time.
0: Yeah, no, right? It happens, especially as we get older. I feel like, but. Yeah. Jamie, this was, um, this was really awesome, and I had a great time talking with you. I'm going to have to have you on again because I know there's a lot more to we can cover. Um, thank you so much. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you?
1: Yes, um, and thank you for having me also. This was great. Um, my website is therelationshipexpert.com. The way it's spelled. My email is Jamie, but spelled the French way, like Jem, which means I love. So Jamie, J A I M E at therelationshipexpert.com. Um, my Instagram is the relationship expert, but not ex, just the relationship, the letter X part. And that's about it. I think people could find me somehow.
0: You're making this very complicated.
1: My Facebook (laughs) page is The Relationship Expert.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, well, I'm going to have that in the show notes too. So uh, don't worry about trying to write all that down if you're listening to this. Um, Jamie, thank you so much again. And uh, it's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. All right. No, thank you, Jamie. I hope you enjoyed that. A little psychotherapy session, I think, uh, can always be beneficial and and helpful. And the whole point of this episode was to show you the benefits that having a good therapist in your corner as part of your divorce team, otherwise known as the trifecta of awesomeness, if you haven't heard that episode, listen to that one, um, is that you need all the support you can get while you're going through this process, right? So... Uh, Do what you have to do, take care of yourself, Uh, support yourself, invest in your future, invest in your happiness, and thank you for listening to this episode. If you're interested in private one-on-one divorce coaching with me, the Divorce Resource Guy, then check out Divorce View on my website, jasonlavoy.com, and there are different packages available depending on the type of help that you're looking for. If you haven't subscribed to the show, please do so, so you get all the episodes when they come out. Right now, they come out every Tuesday. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes with future experts. And again, just keep on moving forward. In the meantime, all I'm going to ask you to do is be strong, act confident, and stay positive. As always, I'm Jason LaFoy, a.k.a. The Divorce Resource Guy, and I'll be seeing you soon.